For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh he to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made visible, and that they are wrought in God. Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you for your son Jesus who came and died on the cross for our sins. And Lord, I thank you that he arose from the grave. I thank you that he's on the right hand of you right now uh, making intercession for us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us with our unbelief. That we would continue to, to serve you and believe even more than we ever have in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Even though no one has ever seen God at any time, the Bible says that, no one has ever seen God and lived. So, with that in mind, what does it feel like to feel the presence of the Lord? What does it feel like? Um, praise God for the song, Miss Dars. Thank you for Brother James singing it. I don't know about you, but just listening to the words, I mean, I had just had cold chills thinking about what God has done and is doing uh, here and through our lives. It is amazing, to say the least, that He has chosen us to live in. He has chosen us to serve Him. You see, God wants us to know that He is near. He wants us to know that He's real. He wants us to know that He will answer prayers. And He wants us to know He's soon to return. So I, I just want us to think about feeling the presence of God. I just want us to look at some Bible characters and then to finish up with our own self. What does it feel like to feel the presence of God? Can you imagine Adam being placed in a perfect garden and had everything that he needed. And God said, but don't do this. And Adam failed. What did it feel like? The Bible says, and he heard God walking in the cool of the evening in the garden. God simply said, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that God didn't know where he was. And God knows where all of us are. But he wanted Adam to see where he was. And so Adam said, hey, what are you hiding for? Well, have you done what I told you not to do? Yes, sir. Do you know the consequences? No, sir. And God began to hand out the consequences. It's been going on ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God. What did it feel like to Adam to know that he had failed? I also think of Cain. 
Cain was born into the same family as Abel, brothers. They both had a task. They both had jobs. But they failed to obey. Cain did. He failed to obey the word of the Lord. He had good intentions. But it wasn't the right intention. So when I think of us, we sometimes have, have good intentions. But we overlook God in the process. What did it feel like when God said, Cain, where is your brother Abel? As if God didn't know. And Cain had an opportunity to confess his sin right there. And he said, how should I know? You, am I supposed to keep up with him? And then the terrible feeling came over Cain when God said his blood was crying out from the earth. What did it feel like? I think of Noah. And God said, Noah, some things are about to change. And here's what I want you to do. Here's your blueprint. You've got your three boys. And no matter what comes, no matter what people might say, I want you to keep on going. Preaching about something that had never happened before, the flood. I want you to build an ark. And he did. I've heard people say, well, how in the world did, Adam, did Noah get all the animals on the ark? He didn't have to. His job was to prepare the ark. And God would do the calling, okay? It's not up to me to call. It's up to me to prepare the ark. It's up to me to preach and teach and live out the word of God and be a witness. And God will do the calling. But just as Noah and his family entered the ark, the Bible says, and God shut the door. The door of salvation is open today. It's wide open. But one day, God will shut the door. What will be the feeling of those that are left behind? When I think of Noah, I think of the altar that he built. As soon as he got out of that altar, I mean out of that ark, building an altar to worship God. I saw a video one time of the flood. And when Noah entered the ark and his family and the door was shut, it began to rain. And then when that rain kept coming up and the ark began to move, I mean, it was creaking and it was cracking and it was squeaking. And after it was up, you could hear cries outside the ark. Noah, let us in. Noah, we're perishing. And in that video, it shows Noah's three sons looking at Daddy. What's Daddy going to do? Noah never spoke. He just bowed his head. What a feeling that must have been. He preached, he talked, he begged. And now that the door was shut, there wasn't anything he could do. Feeling the presence of God. I think of Moses. When he got out of hand a time or two, he had that rod. That was a gift from God, the rod. He gave him a sense of feeling. But he let the feeling get out of hand when he tried to take authority. When God simply said, speak to the rock and water will come forth. Well, he wanted to show authority, so he strikes the rock. God still sent the water, but he disobeyed the Lord. And when he got down to the 
uh, ocean, when he got down to the sea, and God just said, hey, you just, you just go down there and, and I'll take care of the rest. And the people were upset. They thought they could hear the enemy coming. And so they're thinking, man, we're fixing to be killed. And, and uh, Moses simply said, be still and watch the salvation of God. What a, what a trust. What a faith. And the Bible says that the waters parted. And all God's children went across on dry ground. But when the enemy attempted to do it, they were drowned. I think of him when he went up on the mount, mountain to get the Ten Commandments. And when he came back, he saw such a mess and a riot going on, worshiping a, an image. Got so mad and upset with his folk, the Bible says he threw them down and they broke. What kind of God would that be? He said, okay, Moses, you're going to have to go back and get them again. Feeling the presence of God on the second chance for the Ten Commandments. I think of Abraham. Sarah. He'd been promised a child. But desire got out of hand. And Sarah simply said, well, hey, you can have my, my maid. Just go lie with her. He wasn't feeling the presence of God. God, hey, gave him a child. We've been in trouble ever since. The whole world's been in trouble. Because of a wild child feeling the presence of God. Abraham also told Sarah, now when we get down there, you tell him you're my sister. <laughs> I mean, one episode after another, and God kept blessing and, and blessing, but he had to live with getting out of line. Feeling the presence of God is not always a blessing, okay? Feeling the presence of God sometimes is to bring us under conviction that we will confess our sins. And he said, I will hear your confession and I will clean you up. I will get you started again on the right road. I think of Nehemiah when he got word of his home and his people. And the wall was destroyed. The gates were burned. And he simply asked, out of the presence of God, can I go home? And God granted his wish to go home and granted him everything he needed to rebuild the wall because the people had a mind to work. Can you imagine the feeling, the presence of God that Nehemiah felt? I think of David and the giant. Feeling the presence of God. And, and the giant said, you dog, man, what are you to come up against me? He told him, he said, I'm just to take your life, man. And on top of that, I'm going to cut your head off. That's sharp. Feeling the presence of God, David went forward, and that's what happened. And that's why it's so good. When you, when you read the 23rd Psalm where he again says, The Lord is my shepherd. Yesterday morning, I felt the presence of God. But I didn't acknowledge it too much when it happened. I was in the room with Mr. Bruce McGuffin and the doctor came in and just simply said Mr. Bruce you know you you're pretty old now you're in your 90's and uh, he said everything's getting old you know your heart everything about you is getting old 
And we're trying to decide whether you can have surgery or not. And Mr. Bruce said, this, he didn't, all he said was this. He looked right at the doctor. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> and the doctor said, amen. You know, praise the Lord. He is our shepherd. If we are Christian, he is our shepherd. What do I have to fear? I think of Isaiah. Man, did he ever feel the presence of the Lord. When he said, in the, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. <laughs> also high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. The, the post of the building shook because of the presence of God. And it was such a conviction on Isaiah. He, I mean, he shot it out right quick. Here am I, send me, I'm raring to go. Feeling the presence of God. I think of Simeon, who only asked God one thing. Don't let me die till I've seen the Christ child. Can you imagine the day that Joseph and Mary brought Jesus in that temple? I mean, I can imagine that Simeon had a spell rejoicing. Now I've seen the Christ child. I'm ready to go. John the Baptist preaching the gospel, baptizing people who had repented of their sin. And all of a sudden, he said, look, yonder he comes. I told you he's coming. Can you imagine the cold chills that must have went over John when Jesus walked out into the water and John feeling the presence of Almighty God, his son stood there and said, I want you to baptize me. I can't imagine what John must have felt. How about Paul, who was Saul at the time that the great light struck him down? He felt the presence of God so strong, he said, Lord, what would you have me do? Not how am I going to get my eyesight back. Not how am I going to get from point A to point B. But what would you have me do? I think of Peter. When he stepped out of the boat to walk on the water. Lord, if that's you. If that is you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus simply said, come. <laughs> and here he went. Oh yeah, he started to drown, but... Lord, save me. He didn't turn around and look at the boy and say, throw me a rope. You know, no. Lord, save me. I can't imagine what Peter must have felt when he felt the hand of God through Jesus to lift him up. How about Mary, the mother of Jesus, feeling the presence of God, carrying the, the Son of God for nine months, feeling him leap, feeling him kicking inside, and then the whole, the Son of God. Can't imagine what she must have felt. How about the thief on the cross? Now you're talking about feeling the presence of God. When he simply said, Lord, remember me. I mean, he, he was condemned already. He was on his deathbed. He was seconds away from losing his life. And simply said, Lord, would you... Remember me, and Jesus said, Hey, you, buddy, you can be with me today in paradise. You can be with me feeling the presence of God. Well, we could go on and on talking about Bible characters, but I, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. In feeling the presence of God, I can take you to the location the house is still standing, where I was on the floor, scraping up floor wax. And I had gospel music on. It was too bad to lay brick that day. It was cold. It was rainy. And I'm scraping wax. 
not out loud, but that inner voice said, I want to ask you a question. I've been calling you for over a year and a half to respond to my calling, and you ain't done it. What are you going to say to me when you stand before me? What are you going to say? What is your excuse? And I began to tell the excuses. None of them made me feel good. I made God a promise right there on my knees. I said, Lord, if I, if I make it to church Sunday, and my daddy-in-law is there, I'll go forward and tell the church you're calling me to preach. I knew it wasn't going to happen because my daddy-in-law didn't come to church. My daddy-in-law was lost. That Sunday during the invitation, my daddy-in-law was there. He talking about feeling the presence of God. Nope, I didn't move. Stubborn, no, I didn't move. Next Sunday, Lord, surely he can't come two Sundays in a row. I'll do it next Sunday. He was there. And I did. Monday morning, I got in my 67 Ford stepside truck. And I started down the highway to pick up two boys that was our labor. For what reason, I'll never know to this day other than God took over the wheel. As I rounded the curve, my mind was not on the road. It was not on where I was going. It wasn't even on looking forward. But I was messing with something in the seat, in a curve. And over an embankment I went, trees slapping every part of that truck until it come to a big pine tree that said, I ain't moving. And bam, y'all, no seat belt. Windshield completely busted out. Every glass in the thing was knocked out. Tools in the back could come forward. Wheelbarrow, you name it, come through the back glass. I couldn't get out the driver's door because the steering wheel was where I sit. The dashboard was where I sit. I crawled out the passenger side. And I started up the bank, and I looked back, and the truck was smoking. I figured it's going to catch fire. I reached the top of the bank, and I turned around again, and I looked. And I felt just like Jonah. I started crying. I started walking up the road. No cell phones, no pagers. My uncle lived just up on the hill where I had just come by. He was on his way, getting ready to go to work. His daughter had just gotten on a school bus that was ahead of me. He heard the crash. Well, he didn't think much about it. I mean, he said, well, you know, could have been anything. And then he saw me running up the road. And he hollered, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. I wasn't. I lied. I got to his house. He said, what's going on? I said, I... My truck sitting in the ditch down yonder. The ditch sounded better than a gully. <laughs> we went down there to pull it out, and he said, Man, where is the truck? I said, It's well off down yonder. He said, I can't get that out. We're going to have to call the record. 
I didn't want no record. I didn't want my truck drug up the road and everybody see it. <laughs> I felt so ashamed that I had to that I was going through what I was going through for no reason. Got the truck out and pulled it up to his house. I said, Cadub, uh, would you take me on to the job? I said, we've got to pick up two boys. He said, no, we're going to your house. I said, oh, no, please don't take me to the house. Drove up in the yard. Lamb was preparing to go to school. This was very early that morning. She comes to the door. I get out. She said, what's the matter? I said, well, I wrecked my truck. You all right? I said, I'm fine. Lied again. The only part of me that was hurt was right here where I hit the steering wheel. I had no broken bones, no fractures. Didn't even go to the doctor. I went on to work. We were bricking Gene Burdett's house. Gene used to pastor car ramp out here years ago. He was my pastor. Come lunchtime, the boss man said, why don't we just run down here to the little station and get us hot dog? We did. All the seats were taken except one was with my pastor. <laughs> I sat down with him. I was feeling the presence of God. I mean, just clamping down more and more. And I simply asked him, I said, Preacher Burdett, I said, how you know if God's calling you to preach? He looked right at me. He said, it'd be wonderful, wouldn't it, if I got a phone call today or a letter on my desk? He said, ain't gonna happen, Kenny. He said, but I'll tell you this, if you can do anything else and be happy, you better do it. Don't go that route. If you can't be happy, I'd obey the Lord. So the following Sunday, I did. But I went through all manner of hell, driving me crazy over a year and a half, feeling the presence of God, God opening up door after door. But I wouldn't do it. And I think about, many times I think back about those days that I felt the presence of God sitting on the side of the bed of many a night laying sound asleep. Lord, I can't do this. Bottom line was I didn't want to do this. And I thought, and I thought, you know, here I sit amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and I wonder how in the world he could love me a sinner condemned unclean and not wanting to obey the Lord many a night I felt his presence and I heard him hear, I hear him say I just want you to preach I just want you to preach it wasn't what I wanted but I thank God tonight that I you know God kept having patience with me Inspired my life. I had no insurance on my truck except what it took to get a tag. So I lost everything. In those days, it worked from week to week. Week to week. I don't know how I got through other than knowing that the Lord did it all. When I look back now, He, he done it all. The truck was not worth anything compared as I look back on the things of today. I could have been killed easily. I was saved, but I was out of the will of God. 
And he simply said, what are you going to say when you stand before me? Simple question. With no answer. I think about it many times. What a day that'll be. When my Jesus I shall see. When he takes me by the hand. And leads me through the promised land. <laughs> what a day that'll be. Feeling the presence of God is a, an awesome thing. Knowing you're doing what God's called you to do is a, another awesome thing. I wonder and I think many times when people say, I thought you retired. I said, I did. Well, what are you doing up there? I said, because that's where God put me. An awesome thing. Father, thank you for the night. Thank you again for allowing me to feel your presence. Lord, bless our people. Lord, may they feel your presence. May they hear your call for whatever you're asking. And Lord, whatever we do, may we do it for your glory and for your honor. But we ask it in the name above every name. And that's in the name of Jesus. Amen.